great story that, isn't it? Uh, but this morning we want to come and think about this man who here is in a desperate situation. You know, he's probably tried all the other alternatives that were around, but every one of them seems to have failed. And as you might see, he was here at his last resort. And what does he do? He comes to Jesus. Was it the case that uh, if Jesus failed him, then there would be no hope for, for his son? But he believed in the power of Jesus to help him. But the problem was, he struggled in that belief. He was, in a, ter he was a terribly conflicted man. Someone who had faith in Jesus, but also had doubts about Jesus' suffic sufficiency. Can I tell you this morning that Jesus has enough sufficiency for the whole world if only they believe. If only they believe. But this man's confidence and hope had been knocked out of him over time through various situations. He was frustrated. He was disappointed. He was worried about his son, about what was happening. But there was still some faith left in him. Though it might have been weak and frail and almost gone, he still had faith in Jesus. And as he came before Jesus' feet, he uttered a cry, a cry that countless believers have spoken after him. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And right up to this day, this cry is still being spoken. You've probably said it yourself in some situation that you found yourself. You know, in this verse, verse 24 of our reading, uh, teaches us a vital lesson for life today. We need belief. In our times of unbelief, the very best place to go when we have these doubts is right to the feet of Jesus. Nowhere else, there's no one else can help us in situations like this. You know, far too many times, many of us try to solve our own problems. And when we do, we only end up being frustrated by them. You know, we are no good by ourselves. We need Jesus in our lives. We need to have that faith. We need to have that belief. And but when this man turns to Jesus and does, and does as he says, he, he does as Jesus says, he says, bring them to me. What he's talking about is all your problems, all your difficulties, everything that is happening to you in life, right from the beginning, right to the end. And then it's when our problems begin to be, be solved. And just as Jesus said to this man in regards to his son, he says, bring him to me. As soon as he brought him to Jesus, Jesus started to deal with the problem. So, this morning, what a great principle of life to, to live by today. Do what Jesus tells us. And sometimes we forget about that, you know. Sometimes we forget about just doing what Jesus tells us. All the simple things we forget. You know, it's great being able to preach on a, on a story like this on a Sunday morning. A story that speaks of the, the struggles so great in someone's life but the one that ends 
so wonderful. Jesus answered the father's cry and he delivered this man's son. And Jesus, you know, when we're looking deeper into the story, we can feel the desperation of this poor man. In verse 22 it says that when he brought his son to Jesus, he said, Have pity on us and help us. He loved his son so much, but he wasn't asking just for himself. He was asking an us thing. And this morning we can ask an us thing. Not just for ourselves this morning, we can ask for our family, our friends, people that we know. And we can say exactly the same thing. Have pity on us and help us. You know, I suspect that many of us have brought the needs of loved ones to the Lord in prayer with just this kind of feeling, you know, in the past. You know, we can all say, Lord, I love this person so much that I ask you to help. You know, we've been in that situation, each and every one of us. And I believe that this kind of comparison <coughs> that we have this morning gets the Lord's special notice and prompt attention. You know, he loves to hear his people's prayers, but he loves to hear us to ask for him, ask for help as well. But we read that the man went to the disciples first, but they could not help him. And sometimes we are exactly the same. Sometimes we go to the wrong places. Sometimes we go to the wrong people. And we go and try things and they don't help. And at times we start to doubt. And it is then when our faith gets locked back and questions come into our minds, you know, and the doubts start coming then. It is in these times when we need to cry out to the Lord, cry out to God, cry out to Jesus, Lord, please help my unbelief. You know, unbelief is not unusual in the Bible, and the Bible never hides the facts that even the saints have the same unbelief. Even those that walked with Jesus, who knew Jesus personally, had this unbelief. John the Baptist was one of those. He struggled with the doubts about Jesus as he, as he sat in that prison cell. Even after he had seen and done and began to wonder, what, wonder if Jesus really was the promised Messiah, you know, he had his doubts. But Jesus met John's doubts by giving him proof by allowing some of John's followers to be around him for a while and sent them back to tell John what they had seen and heard. In, in Matthew 11 verse 4 to 6, Jesus told them this. Jesus replied, go back to John, tell him what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are, are cleansed and deaf hear and the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. You know, what, what must John must have thought when he heard that? You know, he had those doubts. If that didn't pick him up, I don't know what would have done. You know, also we, we can remember the time Jesus appeared to the disciples after his resurrection. One of the twelve was not present at the time. You know, his name was Thomas. And when the others had told him that Jesus was alive, he said, unless I see the nail prints in his hand and, and put my fingers in his side, I will not believe. 
you know and later on Jesus appeared again to the disciples but this time Thomas was with him and then it was where Jesus invited him just to do that put his fingers in his hands and his fingers in his side then he believed then the doubts went you know Thomas believed and Jesus said Thomas because you have seen me you have believed blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed you know that's from John chapter 20 verse 29 it's the same as our story for the children this morning you know the disciples had seen exactly what Jesus had been doing yet when they get in the boat and you know we, we heard the story this morning they still had that doubt they still had that unbelief you know if I was writing an account <coughs> at the time of the life of the Lord I might have had a tendency to should we say miss out some of the people who doubted you know because it, it, it just didn't seem right but the Holy Spirit here when this when the word was written you know even though the disciples had the doubt you know the Holy Spirit chose to include all these problems all these doubts that people had and that was because Jesus could face them head on you know Jesus didn't shirk anything you know if you had doubts if you went to Jesus he dealt with them you know and this teaches us that when we do have these doubts the best place to go with them is to Jesus you know we can all say this morning Lord I believe help my unbelief what we have to realize is what can happen when we harbor our doubts though about Jesus we end up hardening our hearts towards God we start we tend to move away and it's when we stop depending on him it's for our everyday needs you know and I believe that when we do keep going to the Lord and letting him know how we are with our doubts it is then when the devil realizes that his hold is broken if we are close to God this morning the devil has got no chance and at times there are many of us who, who tend to be impatient in the way Jesus answers our prayers. We get frustrated at the speed he reacts. And this can be seen in the way which Jesus reacts to this story of this man and the boy when the father brings him to Jesus. You know, instead of healing the boy straight away, Jesus needed to know what and when this occurred and how long it had been happening. You know, I, I'm, I'm a bit um, impatient. Well, I'm a lot impatient, I'll say that. And uh, if I had been there, I would have been the, the, the type of father who would be saying, sorry, but just, you know, can you, can you deal with this straight away? I'll, I'll give you the facts later on. But if you could deal with it straight away, you know, that would be great. You know, but it seems that Jesus was not in as much of a hurry as what the father was. In fact, Jesus only commanded the spirit to come out of the boy when the crowd started to come near. You know, so one of the lessons I have learned from this story is that I don't bring my problems to Jesus so that he will fix them on my terms or in my time or in my way. It has to be Jesus. And we don't get immediate results simply because we come to Jesus. We bring our needs to Jesus because that's the right thing to do. Because he will meet our needs. 
but only on his terms, in his way and in his time. And yes, it can be very frustrating and many people refuse to wait and uh, if Jesus doesn't do what they do, what they want straight away, they, they open leave. You know, they don't give a chance. Think what would happen if this father had done just that. He could have up and left, took the boy with him and he would have still been in the same position. I think that the Lord, as he sees us in our trials, he makes us rethink of what is happening around us because only he can help us to see what our situation is and to see things from his perspective and then when the time is right and to his own glory he answers our needs with perfect timing it's never one minute too late and it's never one minute too early his timing is perfect maybe it is that what we need to learn for today that in times to, in, in such times to do as the Bible often tells us and wait upon the Lord because he is worth the wait and it could be also that the case that we may place our trust in other things even if they are good and Christian but the problem is they're not in Jesus these other things may help, but we can never use them as our primary or our first thing to trust. We can only trust in Jesus today. It has to be only Jesus, and it's only when we accept his invitation that things begin to get better. What does he say to us? Bring your needs to me, and I will deal with them. You know, Philippians 4 verse 19 says, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ. Not some of your needs, not a few of your needs, but all of your needs this morning. He is truly all we really need today, isn't he? You know, when the, when the man brought his son to Jesus, he asked, if you can. And sometimes this is where we feel, where we feel today. Do we also ask that same question to Jesus today, if you can? Or do we have that full belief in him? It's never a question, you know, of whether or not Jesus can. It's most certainly he can. But it's rather a question of whether or not we come and asking of him in trust, believing or being, and waiting for him to do what is best for our lives. It is then when we are in complete trust and utterly dependent on him. It is then when all things become can for us and it's only because of Jesus things happen. When we are when we're told all things are possible to him or who who believe who or believes and when we realize that it's not a question of what he can do but rather how much we trust in him. It is then when we see just how frail and weak our faith is when we come to Jesus. And that's when we cry out just as the boy's father did, Lord, help my unbelief. This is when we begin to realise that we 
are totally dependent upon Jesus for everything. Even for the help to, to believe in, on him and trust him as we should. And it's when we have become dependent upon him that's when he has us where he wants us. You know, it says we are pliable, we are like clay and he can mould us into a different perspective. And this is when we are completely out of the devil's grasp and where Jesus can really answer our cry for, of faith today. I want to close with a couple of verses from Lamentations chapter 3 verses 25 and 26. You know in, in the midst of all the sadness and grief in this book of the Bible, in the midst of seemingly hopelessness at a time of doubt, Jeremiah wrote these words and it says, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. You know, this morning, I want you to understand that even in our darkest times, that the Lord is good to those who wait for him. And that waiting for him is good. We might like it, but that is where life is. Let's not allow those times of doubt keep us from coming to Jesus this morning. Let's not allow the enemy to tempt us away from Jesus because of our doubts this morning. Let's come to him just as we are and bring our doubts with us and present our needs to him and ask for his help to believe on him. And this morning, and this morning I want us all to think of that verse. Lord I believe. Help my unbelief. Amen.